I want to say a special thank you to our spirit singers for leading music and worship this morning so ably as our music director is on vacation this week. So it's a treat to have them doing all the music this morning. Would you pray with me? God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion. Without all doubt, we may. Herein, all the children of God may unite, notwithstanding these smaller differences. These words will sound familiar to some of you because they come from a sermon by John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement in the 18th century. The sermon is titled Catholic Spirit, meaning universal spirit. So John Wesley was preaching on his sense that there is some universal spirit that transcends religious differences. About 20 people gathered on August 3rd in response to my invitation to brainstorm sermon topics that relate to challenging questions. It was a lively discussion, which gave me ample fodder for a lifetime of sermons. The discussion that day was consistent with any number I have of conversations I have had with so many of you. It reflected some central concerns that are very much a part of the character of the Davis United Methodist Church. Things like how to be Christians who embrace and affirm our brothers and sisters of other faith traditions or of no faith tradition. How to be a voice of love and inclusion in contrast to the Christian voices in the world today that preach hate or exclusion. How can we form a church community that embraces and includes a whole range of different theologies and spiritualities, because we are not all alike. This is a church that genuinely and deeply wishes to be open to a diversity of perspectives. Of course, we are human and we fall short. We struggle at times to accept some kinds of diversity or some perspectives, but even so, this church is not going to demand that people fit into a one-size-fits-all mold when it comes to faith or spirituality. And I would argue that this openness is a part of our very DNA as United Methodists. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. May we not be of one heart Though we are not of one opinion, without all doubt we may. Herein, all the children of God may unite, notwithstanding these smaller differences. When John Wesley refers to what he calls smaller differences, he's talking about things like how we worship, what is the proper way to pray, church structures of organization and governance, he even includes an understanding of the sacraments, baptism and communion, in these smaller differences. 
This says a lot about his conviction that people of faith can unite across theological differences. Because throughout church history, people have indeed been divided over understandings of the sacraments. John Wesley even included doctrine in what he considered smaller differences that should not divide us. It is in our DNA as United Methodists to allow for not only differences of opinion, but theological differences. In one essay, John Wesley wrote, Orthodoxy, or right opinions, is at best but a very slender part of religion, if it can be allowed to be any part at all. Wesley did not even believe that Christians had to be united in believing any particular set of orthodox doctrines. Then, in a sermon, Wesley talks about receiving members into Christian community, what for him would have been the Methodist societies. He wrote, In order to their union with us, we require no unity of opinions. Now, this is utterly a new thing, unheard of in any other Christian community. In what church or congregation beside, throughout the Christian world, can members be admitted upon these terms without any conditions? This is the glory of the Methodists and of them alone. They are themselves no particular sect or party, but they receive those of all parties who endeavor to do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with their God. That's from John Wesley. Fast forward to this church and to today, we have room for differences. We can come together in community while being different from one another in our understandings of God our interpretations of scripture, and our answers to the big questions raised by life or raised by faith. There's still good more, more good news from our Methodist roots. Wesley wrote a sermon titled, On Living Without God. He talks about people who have no faith and no relationship with God. Here's a piece of that sermon. I have no authority from the word of God to judge those that are without God, nor do I conceive that any man living has a right to sentence all the heathen and Mahometan world to damnation. It is far better to leave them to him that made them, who is the father of the spirits of all flesh, who is the God of the heathens as well as the Christians, and who hates nothing that he has made. So in 1790, John Wesley is saying that neither he nor any person has a right to judge non-Christians, that we have no right to sentence them to damnation. Wesley is saying that we cannot judge non-Christians, and he specifically includes Muslims in this, in the year 1790. And his reason is that God is the God of all, and that God does not hate anything or anyone that God has created. This is a very, very different approach from those who would say that Christianity is the one and only true way. We have room for more than one way, more than one path. God does not hate anything, anyone, that God has created. 
This was the great lesson Peter needed to learn, as we heard in our scripture passage for this morning. Peter was a devout, faithful member of a beleaguered religious community, which had good cultural and political reasons to separate itself from the surrounding culture. This separation was marked by dietary laws that kept their eating separate from their neighbors. And as Peter says in the passage, you yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile. And yet God has given Peter a vision of eating foods that Peter has believed to be unclean. And when Peter protests, Peter hears a voice along with this vision saying, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. If we were to continue on reading in this chapter from the book of Acts, we would hear Peter say, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to God. Other translations say, God shows no favoritism in place of God shows no partiality. A voice says to Peter, what God has made clean, you shall not call profane. And John Wesley says, God does not hate anyone that God has created. In the same sermon on living without God, Wesley goes on to talk about doctrine and essentially says that doctrine or creeds are just ideas and that God will not judge any person for their ideas, whether right ideas or wrong ideas. He says, I believe God respects the goodness of the heart rather than the clearness of the mind, and that if the heart of a man be filled with the humble, gentle, patient love of God and man, God will not cast him into everlasting fire prepared for the devil because his ideas are not clear or because his conceptions are confused. I don't want to mislead you about John Wesley. Looking at the whole of Wesley's writings, it is clear that John Wesley thought people ought to have faith and ought to be Christian. He devoted his life to spreading the Christian faith. But he had at least enough humility to allow for significant differences. He saw the bottom line the way Jesus saw the bottom line, love of God and neighbor. And in this way, we do well to follow in Wesley's footsteps. As United Methodists, it is in our DNA to embrace diversity and to hold our own convictions with a healthy degree of humility. But we know all too well that not all United Methodists see things this way. Clearly, not all Christians see things this way. So it is very important for us, the Davis United Methodist Church, to speak clearly and explicitly about our openness to a diversity of beliefs and perspectives and paths, being clear about our openness to a diversity of beliefs and perspectives is a part of how this church will be true to who we are. Our understanding of who we are demands that we speak out whenever other Christian voices condemn or exclude people. We have to be a Christian voice that shows a different side of Christianity. I remember being in sixth grade the first time a Christian friend of mine told me that all non-Christians were going to hell. This is what she had been taught at her church. 
Even as a 12-year-old, that made no sense to me. I argued with her. I asked her, but what about people who have never even heard of Christianity? If they've never even had a chance to be Christian, how could God punish them for that? Her answer was, that's just the way it is, because people have to be Christian to go to heaven. Even as a 12-year-old, I simply had too strong a sense of logic to believe that God would punish anyone for something they had no control over. It's important to honor our own sense of logic as we define our religious convictions. John Wesley himself said that we must use reason, our cognitive reason, as a resource for faith, along with scripture and tradition and experience. Today's sermon is in some ways the beginning of an ongoing conversation, a conversation that will happen through future sermons and through hearing your responses and through whatever other ways we as a community find to carry on these conversations. And because it's the beginning of a larger conversation, I want to share a few of my own convictions with you. I am Christian. For me, the Christian faith as I understand it is utterly and uniquely compelling. It gives me hope. It gives me a window into God's nature that stirs my heart. One part of my own theology is the belief that God is vast and unknowable, that God is beyond the limits of human understanding. I believe that God's nature and action are something of a mystery. I believe that our human hearts and minds are not quite adequate for the awesome task of understanding this one or this thing we name God. And because I believe that God is unknowable, I believe that all honest theology is agnostic. Agnostic means without knowledge or not knowing. When we make theological assertions, we are expressing our own convictions. We are making our best guesses, and guesses that are informed by a variety of resources and sources. I believe sincere faith demands that we draw upon reason and experience as well as scripture and tradition, as some of those sources and resources. But when it comes down to it, our theological convictions are still guesses. I believe that theological conversations happen best in community, because a diversity of thoughts and perspectives help guard against too much investment in our own biases. And finally, these are my convictions which means that they do not have to be your convictions. I recognize that in the role of pastor and preacher, my convictions have a lot of power to shape the theological conversations of this community. And I won't be shy about putting my theological convictions out there. But guess what? I really don't get to decide what the right answers are. I really don't get to decide what is good theology or bad theology. I certainly don't get to decide what you ought to believe. Now, many of you know that already, probably most of you. But I want you to know that I know that. And there are so many traditions that do give that kind of authority to a pastor that I think it's worth saying explicitly. 
every once in a while I'll preach a sermon and someone will come up to me afterward and say, I didn't know you were allowed to think that. (laughs) So please hear this loud and clear. In this church, in this kind of Christian community, you are allowed to think what you think and believe what you believe and ask the most far-out questions you might come up with. So welcome to an ongoing conversation. And I will give the last word to John Wesley. Though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike? May we not be of one heart, though we are not of one opinion? Without all doubt, we may. Amen.